0: Sony on the
1: Hello everybody and welcome back to the P's and Q's pod. We got a special special show for you today. Got a special guest but uh, to start I'm Parth and I'm here with my boy Q as usual. How you doing Quill?
0: Yes sir. Welcome back ladies and gentlemen. It is I the one and only Mark Quill Fripp Owens. We are back for our first edition of the P's and Q's pod for the off-season, pretty o- off-season that came pretty earlier than a lot of us would like, but a season that had a whole lot of good, a whole lot of bad. But as you said, we definitely have a special guest here to help us discuss a lot of that. Would you like to introduce yourself to the people, Brad?
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm uh, Brad Spielberger. I work at uh, Pro Football Focus. You can follow me on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad. And I'm our uh, salary cap and contracts analyst. So obviously something the Eagles uh, you know, need to pay attention to a lot. Um, you know, as they move money
0: around. But, uh, yeah, thank you guys for having me on. Definitely, man. Always yeah. our pleasure. Always our pleasure. Mm-hmm. Thank you for so, your time. As we say, the birds, man, we heading into what could be many, what many would consider a crucial off season, man. Of course, where should we start? What could we start with other than at the quarterback position, man? There's, if you look around Philadelphia, there's, a big divide. You have some people who are team Hurts, some people who really feel like the team could make a power play elsewhere. Of course, by a power play, it seems like most people have bought into the prospects of a possible Russell Wilson trade. Um, would you like to discuss any of that, Brad?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the, the beauty of Jalen Hurts stepping up and playing well in his second year is that they have options, right? I mean, if he was if he was really bad, then it's maybe a they're more of a panic mode or they're more desperate, but he's good enough that they know that if he has to be the starter in week one, that's okay. And, and that gives them a ton of power because now if they're not in love with anyone in the draft, they don't have to force a draft pick and can, you know, maybe have three first round picks, not at quarterback and really overhaul the roster as for trades. You know, it sounds like Deshaun Watson did not want to go to Philadelphia earlier. I don't know if Philadelphia fans, maybe not all of them want Deshaun Watson, but I would be surprised if Philadelphia doesn't at least make a couple of calls, just see what's going on there. You know, I, I think now that Miami's out of the running, it sounds like New York is not interested. Um, you know, maybe Denver is interested, but I, I think Philly, I mean, you guys know, Howie Roseman, he, he doesn't
1: he, – he's mm-hmm. making every
2: call <laughs> he can just to see what's yeah. out there.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, and definitely. I'm. It's, yeah, and I think Howie, you know, like all of us, watched that uh, last playoff game that we all saw. And uh it's hard to come away from it you know without thinking that you know you need uh a quarterback of that caliber, you know, or you know somebody who comes in right away, and that's not to say you know maybe Jalen can't get there in a couple of years, but you know it's it's pretty obvious that you know we we as a team are not at that point um do you think like i mean in your opinion, do you think that's like that's something that the Eagles should be worried about right now, or do you think you know the smarter kind of Team building standpoint is just, you know, let's, let's focus on getting this roster set and then, you know, worry about getting ourselves a Mahomes type of guy, you know, something like that.
2: Yeah, you know, I think when they went kind of all in, they didn't go all in, but when they were very aggressive after the Super Bowl in trying to obviously win another one and, and they spent a bunch of money and pushed a lot of money down the road, obviously on guys like Brandon Brooks, who that was the, you know, the first big move of the offseason with him retiring, um, which mm-hmm. will help mm-hmm. them in, in terms of the salary cap. But but nevertheless, when they did that, they kind of knew, especially once the salary cap dropped because of COVID, that they were not going to be a competitive football team probably for this season. And hey, they still made the playoffs. Um, And maybe a little bit of that next year as well, because you still, you know, you got to think they're looking to replace, you know, Jason Kelsey in the near future. Like there are still some older guys that are key contributors to this team, key leaders in the locker room. Um, So, yeah, I, I still think 2022 will be viewed as you know, let's be competitive, but still not be super aggressive. Let's let's let our young guys get a lot of snaps. So, you know, Mm -hmm. let these rookies play, let these sophomores play a lot of football. And then Mm -hmm. in 2023, if if they think they're kind of back in a good spot and maybe Hurts didn't take another step, then that's where I think they could, like you said, maybe trade for Russell, you know, maybe do something big at that point.
0: Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I hear you mention Brandon Brooks and his retirement. Of course, Brandon Brooks has been a pillar of the Eagles offensive line since his acquisition dated back in 2016. Now, there's no doubt in exactly how talented Brooks was. Brooks was a talented guy. I think I saw something earlier today that said he's only allowed like four snaps, four sacks in his whole career in Philadelphia, eight in his whole career in in general. And then, I mean... No mean to trash other players, but it, it has something about Jalen Mayfair from the Falcons who allowed eight sacks alone this season. So <laughs> definitely wasn't anything ideal. But I mean, it's not easy returning from two injuries in general, not to mention two Achilles players. And Brooks mentioned that how sometimes you just have to be able to listen to your body. So, I mean, before his retirement, the Eagles set at what I believe was like thirteen million in cap space heading into the offseason. Do you have a clue exactly what the numbers should look like following his retirement? Yeah, so what
2: they're gonna do is actually the exact same thing they did with Alshon Jeffrey and Malik Jackson last offseason, which is you you there's a there's a mechanism you can use that that will push some of the cap um into twenty twenty three. So it'll it'll lessen the burden on next year um and push a bunch of money in twenty twenty-three. And I believe um, they should save about twelve million dollars. I think it's a lot of money. They're they're going to say, I I you have to look that up. And and you can go. I should say you can always check all these things at overthecap.com. I got a shout out overthecap.com. Mm-hmm. But if you have any any contract questions, always go there. They they have everything you're looking for. Um, and there's actually a former Eagles or there's a current Eagles front office member who used to write for the website. So um, you know, great website for anything contract related. But yeah, I mean. Brooks opens up a lot of money and he was a phenomenal player, but he obviously has not played much in the last two years. And, you know, I think if you're sticking a right guard next to Lane Johnson, you could probably, you know, maybe save some money there because you have probably the best right tackle in football. Um, I I think it's a, Mm -hmm. it's a potential benefit um, overall because I think it will give them some flexibility to maybe spend elsewhere.
0: Definitely. Definitely. And in terms of spending elsewhere, I mean, of course you mentioned all this, as we said at the start, comes to start and end with Jalen Hurts and his hopeful development. So let's just continue to look down the line as we are now. As we know, Hurts was selected in the second round of the draft, so the Eagles aren't really afforded the luxury that many teams would like with quarterbacks in terms of a fifth-year option. And now with Hurts heading into year three, like, with most teams, from what i seen, whether it was the Eagles earlier with Carson or the Rams with golf, when you get a quarterback who's basically a year or two out from contract situations, you want to try to get ahead of the eight ball. So, I mean, I like to think probably, let's say, heading into Kirk's third season, let's say, well, not heading into the third season, this is the third season. Let's say he takes... Not too big a leap, but a decent leap. Like, shows a lot of the things that you expect to see. Shows comfortability in the same scheme for the first time since he was in high school. Like, just basically continued growth. And you're the Eagles heading into the last year his deal, basically. One, would you if you're the Eagles, would you just let him play out that fourth year and worry about the contract situation later? Or And two, if not, what would a potential... Jalen Hurts deal look like for the Eagles or what could it look like?
2: Yeah so great question so after the third year is the first time you're eligible to sign the early extension and the Philadelphia Eagles have consistently been a a front runner they always do this they are comfortable setting a market whereas most teams just kind of want to follow what everyone else does you saw it this year obviously with Jordan Mailata with Josh Twent I mean this is what they've been doing for years upon years so if Hurts takes a step I would say takes a big step in the passing game, maybe not a big step overall, but shows a a stronger ability to throw the football, I think they absolutely would consider it. Um, Obviously, I do think because of how bad Carson Wentz situation went, you know, you give him the early extension, and then he obviously bottoms out. Maybe they're a little bit scared to do that and, and maybe say, hey, look, like, we got to see another good year from Jalen Hurts, but it's a risk, right? There's 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 two paths when you do that, and it's basically you know Kirk Cousins' path or Dak Prescott. So I guess both in the NFC East, but either you tag them once, then maybe you tag him again, and then with Kirk Cousins, he leaves, and you kind of get nothing. Or with Dak Prescott, if you do play the, t- the franchise tag game and he continues to get better like Prescott did, mm-hmm. then he's taking you for a massive deal. Mm-hmm. And, and and look, Dak Prescott had the, all of the leverage in that negotiation. I mean, he could have gotten whatever he wanted in that deal, and, and he frankly did. And so there's risks to both sides, and that's why Philadelphia tends to be super aggressive, tends to always want to get deals done, because now they're probably saving $5 million a year on Jordan Mylodic. <laughs> how good he is right away um but it is a it's a tough and risky calculus at quarterback I, it'd be tough to even project a number because it, it really just depends on like how, how big of a step he takes um but you know if you become if you become a top 12 quarterback in the nfl i mean you're getting you're getting top end money that's just how it works it's not even it's not even really about like if you're the best guy you get the best money if you you know if you, you know derrick Carr comes up for an extension he's getting top, yeah. top of market money that's just kind of how it works
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you yeah, if you can hold the line, you're you're not you know hurting the team. Then most teams are going to keep you around until you know they can figure something out. But you know, you mentioned you know, Jordan Mailata, and obviously the the extension that we signed him to, and you know, it's a pretty improbable story in general. But now we you know we've had this you know, crazy luck going from you know uh, Try Thomas to you know, Jason Peters, and then now we got uh, we got we got Jordan Mailata. You know, so. Could you kind of go into like, you know, just how good of a, you know, deal we kind of have on, you know, this kind of future, you know, perennial Pro Bowl type player?
2: For sure. I mean, first off, going from undrafted Jason Peters to late seventh round pick Jordan Mailata and both of them looking like blue chip franchise left tackles is is honestly remarkable. I mean, that is you can find talent, of course, in every round, but the premier positions like, you know, quarterback, edge rusher, left tackle. Well, to find those guys that late in the draft is very hard to do, and so to do it twice in a row, I mean, obviously they did spend a first-round pick on Andre Dillard, so it kind of balances out, it goes both ways, but nevertheless, yeah, yeah for Henry making $16 million per year now for the next three years... I mean, you have left tackles that are making twenty-three million dollars a year. I think you could get Orlando Brown will jump into that conversation as well this offseason. You could have five, six, seven guys making twenty plus million and have Jordan Mailata, who's just as good as those guys, making sixteen for the next three seasons. So that is why teams are aggressive and do these deals. I mean, I think some people around the league were kind of shaking their head and saying, what are the Eagles doing? This guy you know, barely even started last year and, and hasn't really played a lot and is a you know rugby player and all these things. That's why the Eagles do it. Basically the way to look at it is like they could maybe go out and sign a DJ Chark at wide receiver because of the value they have on Melotta. Whereas if mm-hmm. they didn't extend him and then gave them, you know, $20 million a year this off season, maybe they don't go do that. And it's never, you know, it's never that simple, but that, that, that is kind of how how these things work.
1: Right. And so, I mean, you just mentioned that you we know, with the savings that we have, we have this flexibility going to this off season, you know, uh obviously the Jalen Rager pick hasn't uh become what we what we hope of it yet and I think you know if you listen to the pot I'm a big supporter of the three-year rule for receivers I was a big supporter of Jay Jaw this year I think he had his best year so still holding true but you know it's it's not it's not ideal especially given you know who's taken in front of him but that's besides the point you know going into this offseason I, I read your latest article online and you said that you know, a good target for the Eagles would be Cedric Wilson, right? Uh, he's he's going to be available, you know, somebody who can be an explosive complement to Quez and, and Devante. Um I guess my thought would is, would you, what, what do you think would be a kind of better decision long-term for the Eagles? You know, signing somebody like a Cedric Wilson or a DJ Chark or somebody like that, or, you know, give up the draft capital and go get a guy like Calvin Ridley who has You know, the experience with the, uh, with some of the players in the Eagles, some of the coaches, they have a cohabitation matrix that they value. You know, if, if they can, if they can kind of get a guy like that, you know, former all pro, you know, do you go get, do you go get that guy, give up the, uh, the, the draft capital, but then also, you know, be getting a player of that caliber? Or do you go and try to sign a guy and, and see the upside?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I I would assume him and Devontae Smith have obviously – maybe they didn't cross paths at Alabama because of age, but I'm sure they know each other as well. So there could be, um, you know, a a relationship and a connection there. I mean, really the situation is interesting. I I feel like folks are kind of jumping ahead of the shark a little bit. I I don't – you know, he hasn't said that that Atlanta was the issue. I think football was the issue. and He just kind of needed to take some time for himself. But hypothetically, let's say he is looking for a trade – Yeah, I mean, even though I would say the Eagles made, like, they're not a player away. Like, they're not a Calvin Ridley away from making the Super Bowl. But -hmm. this is what those extra draft picks do, right? Like, if they didn't have the, the extra picks, I'd probably say no. But because they have three first-round picks and, and all these things, yeah, because I don't even think you need to give up first at this point. I mean, normal Kevin Ridley, you're probably giving up a first-round pick. Now maybe he goes for a second and a fifth or maybe, you know, similar to the Julio Jones compensation um, that, you know, that Atlanta just got, you know, this past offseason. So. Yeah, I mean, why would you not? Because Devontae Smith looks great. I think he's a good young rookie. I think he's gonna be a good player. Um, but those two guys on the outside with quiz Watkins, you know, as a burner, yeah. um, I mean, that <laughs> that could jump into one of the one of the better you know wide receiver groups like right away.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Definitely. definitely could turn into one of the better wide receiver groups in the league. I mean, as Park mentioned, there's definitely some chemistry going on in the building with Ridley, of course. Hertz was, I think Hurts was his quarterback for his final year at Alabama. Mm-hmm. Then, when you man. know, he trains with Quares Watkins during the offseason. Quares Watkins actually spoke very highly of him prior mm-hmm. to the week one matchup against the Falcons. And then, of course, as you mentioned, Brad, the Devonta Smith relationship. So the Eagles definitely have some Alabama bloodlines going on there. Um something else that could interest Eagles fans, something else that has certainly interest Eagles fans actually is the running back room. Now, we also have a group podcast where we got most of the guys from the site get on with the Philly Blitz pod. And during that pod, we actually had a guest on offensive coordinator for um not I'm I don't remember exactly which high school it is, but it's a high school in Pennsylvania, man. Really good friend of the pod, Coach Ted Taggart. And he basically was just discussing the Eagles offensive line and was saying how he and a lot of people from the site generally believe that you can put you, me, and Parf behind them and we can average full five yards a carry, which had those players move. You can literally almost put anyone behind there, which – Fix the question about miles sanders who has a contract question coming up maybe not this year but next year and i mean between the injury situations and i mean let's just say him being an inconsistent player to say the least i mean you guys is upsides of course always ranking nearer at the top of the league in terms of y'all's carry. he's definitely a home run hitter like always one carry away despite the fact he didn't have a touchdown this year but then there are also the same facts where you watch the game you like you could tell there was a cutback lane right there or the play was designed to go right here and you looking for the big play where sometimes fans get get sick of it, for lack of a better term, of him not following the directions and feel like you can get more out of the position. Some fans actually prefer to when Jordan Howard was in the game. So, I mean, do you think it would be smarter along from Philadelphia's terms based on the prospect that Sanders is along with what they have up front? with the offensive line for them to look for a potential replacement in the draft or do you think sanders could be line for uh, an extension as well
2: yeah that's a great question honestly uh everything you said I, I think i would agree with i also like him as a receiver i think he has good hands out of the backfield too um but yeah i mean i don't know what it is those penn state running backs but him and saquon just can never seem to find the hole uh <laughs> for as talented and athletic as they are sometimes like the, like like you said the coach said this Philadelphia Eagles offensive line, look, I, I watched Jordan Howard in Chicago, a Bears fan, like no disrespect, but like the guy just falls forward, but, but that works. Exactly. Behind, but yeah. that works behind this Eagles line. And you're going to get six yards of carry if you do that. So I would say for them, you, you definitely want to look to supplement it, but th- that's a spot where I'm maybe kind of just signing some cheaper free agents and kind of just filling it in with, with kind of guys that you're not um, you know, spending a ton on. or, and yeah, maybe you know, a third or fourth or fifth round pick. Um, but I wouldn't use, you know, high-end draft capital or big money on it. Um, you know, I think maybe even exploring if you wanted to, if you if you didn't trust Sanders' health, like a James Conner, you know, in free agency this year, like I still think he had a phenomenal year, obviously scored a billion touchdowns, but I still think he's probably gonna get a deal for, I don't know, two years, twelve million dollars, something like that. And and he's an example of what you're talking about where is he a dynamic, game breaking Big play winning to happen, maybe not, but he scored seventeen or eighteen touchdowns for a reason because he he you know mm-hmm. he knows how to find space, manipulate space, and move forward. So I would definitely supplement the spot, but I wouldn't prioritize it.
0: Definitely, man. Definitely. I mean, of course, as we saw throughout the course of the season with Sanders and Howard and Scott, and even during the Dallas game, the the Eagles seemed to run a couple bodies deep at the running back position. So I wouldn't necessarily put it along the top. Of their priorities, just a question to see exactly what the market for Sanders could look like towards the future. But
2: I mean, if he has, if he has a big year, you know, he because of the draft status he has, and because when he does play well, he obviously produces. I mean, yeah, he's probably going to be asking for like ten million dollars a year. Like he's going to jump into mm-hmm. that conversation. Um, you saw a guy like a Joe Mixon, really talented player, obviously a bit bigger and a bit stockier, but also had had health issues for a couple of his first years. Mm-hmm. former second-round pick, kind of the exact, honestly a very similar situation, um, and he still commanded, you know, $12 million per year is one of the highest-paid running backs, so if Sanders has a big year next year and stays healthy the whole, you know, the whole time, you're not getting a discount. He's, he's going to be asking for that, you know, that top-end money, and, and someone will probably give it to him, so.
1: So I kind of got a question just uh, in general about kind of cap, so you know you mentioned that with the uh with, with Brooks retiring and stuff we've kind of prorated some of his some of his salary and it's something we've done in the past you know sometimes it's been to the detriment of the team right and that's kind of you know what we what we kind of saw last year and you know how what we're working to recover from right now like what i know howie Roseman has gotten this uh you know reputation as a as a salary cap with right but i mean a lot of it is just prorating the salary and just making a little bit more room like do you think do you think that's overrated or do you think he has, you know, kind of earned that title uh, to this point? Like that he really knows how to, you know, work his way around, you know, some of the intricacies and things like that. Or is it just kind of pushing the problem off for later and it's something that, you know, it's just going to come back and bite us again? We end up in a same so, situation. No, yeah, 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 exactly. So I'm,
2: I'm not just saying this because I'm on an Eagles pod. No, the, the Eagles – Front office, in particular, their football administration department, which is you know salary cap, um, and how how we got to where he is now, is is the is the leader of the industry. I mean they are they are doing things that other teams, after seeing them do it, call their guys up and say, oh I didn't know you were allowed to do that. Like that's how creative they are. Yes, the standard restructure where you just push money down the line. Any. Any person could do that. And, yeah, you shouldn't be – like you said with the Saints, like, yeah, if you just keep doing that over and over and over again, then you end up $100 million over the cap and you have to, you know, cut a bunch of guys and do all these yeah. things. So that doesn't take a whiz, but some of the things they've been able to do and the creative things they've done, um, like I mentioned, the Alshon Jeffrey and Malik Jackson approach, they're the first team to ever do that. Like that's – I'm not going to go into the full specifics of all the nuance of what they did, but they're constantly finding new ways to do this. Um, but in a general sense, yeah, you want to stop – Pushing the, you know, kicking the can down the road is what folks say a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Because eventually, what happens is like this year, when you know, 40 percent of your salary cap is allocated to guys that aren't even on your roster. Um, obviously, Carson Wentz, you know, a huge chunk of that. Um, it just mm-hmm. makes it hard to add talent around him, and and you're not really going to be able to participate in free agency that much. And look, they made a couple of nice signings, but like you know, Anthony Harris and, and Stephen Nelson, and those guys. Like they didn't, they had to wait for those guys. Look, they're good players; they had good seasons, but like. They signed those guys to one-year flyers for four and two and a half million dollars for a reason. It's because that's mm-hmm. all they could really afford to do.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. It definitely comes back and uh, and can if you, if you do it too much, like you just mentioned, it definitely can come back and you know you're you're stuck with uh, with not too much money to spend and and more holes on your roster than you can fill, and then you end up with an Eric Wilson and then cut him halfway through the season. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> that's you about how, how that good sometimes, right? um but, but but anyways like so now you know looking forward you know we, we kind of have a core right the the 2018 draft they they've locked them down and and it's and it's what they did with i think it was a 2012 draft if i'm not mistaken that they just kind of uh in in the in the previous realm, you know they locked down lane they locked down um was 13 Zach, you know it was 13 okay yeah so the 2013 yeah. draft right so you know they they have this history of you know find their core dedicating to the core and then moving forward from there. How do you think, you know, the Eagles are, you know, salary cap wise and just, you know, roster built wise, you know, how do, how do you think we're looking, going to this next era of football with, you know, Nick, Nick Sirianni and, you know, Jalen Hurts or whoever it may be in the future?
2: I think there are some, some tough decisions coming for some, you know, long time, you know, I mean, should be Eagles potentially ring of honor type guys. I mean, Fletcher Cox, obviously the big name that comes to mind you know, I, I, I'm i not going to say it was significant that his name was kind of floated around during the trade deadline, but I, I do think there's the potential that he said, Hey, you know, I love this place, but maybe before I hang him up, I would love to go chase a ring somewhere or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe they, they facilitate that. And maybe they say, you know what, let's, let's do right by a, a great player. um, And of course also, you know, obviously save ourselves some, some cash and whatnot, but I think those tough decisions are the, are the next piece. Cause like you said, they have to, transition to this next era, this next group. Um, and I think Fletch is, if not the leader of the defense, the leader of the entire team. And, and, and Jason Kelsey on the other side, uh, you know, mm-hmm. probably leader of the offense, if not the entire team. And so finding the replacements for those guys, both on the football field, but also in the locker room. Um, and I do think Jalen Hurts' leadership is, is massively valuable. And I think he's a start and mm-hmm. all the things he does off the field matter a lot. But, but, yeah, I mean, it's those guys leaving will create some big holes that, that people need to fill.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, hopefully a, a Linderbaum can drop to us. I mean, that's, that's the dream for oh, all yes right now. Uh, like I mean,
0: So I, I personally am one of the few that agree with the mantra, how he goes for, but it's no secret that Kelsey and his future is in limbo. So, I mean, could return for this year. I don't see why he wouldn't return for this year coming from an all pro season at the same time. I mean, is only but so much time that he has left. A, would it be smart for the Eagles to invest in, let's say a lender bomb who probably wouldn't be as valuable this year, should Kelsey not retire? And B, how likely do you think it is that the Eagles could get their hands on him?
1: All right, just to add on to that, like do you think we should move up for him as well? Cause you know, from everything I've read, you know, I don't think he's dropping to 15.
2: So here's the thing. I mean, he might not, but it's very hard for a center, even a center as good as Mm -hmm. him. And yes, we said the same thing about guards and then Quentin Nelson obviously went sixth overall, but like you see that a lot. And then the draft starts and then teams, they start going after premier, you know, premium positions. They start Mm -hmm. looking at these flashy edge rushers or wide receivers or, or, you know, and, and then all of a sudden you're sitting there and it's like, pick 11, pick 12. And you're like, wait, do any of these teams even need a center? So like, Things can totally change quickly. I was his. You, you, you can't trade up for him. There, there's no justification. Look, he's a phenomenal player, but you can't trade up in the first round for a center. That, that just, I, I don't think that, that that flies. But if he falls to them, you absolutely take him. I, even if even if Kelsey said he's coming back and signed the new deal, I still do it. Because, I mean, look, they would have the best running the football offensive line for the next three, four years behind, even if it was just Milano, Linderbaum, and Lane Johnson, there's they still questionable marks a guard just those three guys i mean they would be an absolute oh and Leonard Dickinson. what am i saying it would be an absolute wrecking crew like it would be bananas so i think you look into it i agree with marquette like i think building through the trenches is still the the way to to approach roster construction and yeah i mean kelsey maybe maybe it's for it, you know he maybe doesn't love that you do that but um you know you're not going to pass up a guy because you're a 35 year old center you know doesn't want you to take him. All right
0: Definitely, man. Definitely. So is there, of course, we mentioned Cedric Wilson earlier, but is are there any particular players or positions that you think the Eagles could search for during free agency that can come of good value to them or that you think they're in line to search for?
2: Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think, honestly, I think the defense needs more help uh, than the offense. Outside of, you know, like, like I said, Drew Wilson, a good slot receiver, really just a good possession receiver, uh, I think would go a long way. But if they just, you know, if they think they can find that elsewhere, yeah, that's fine. To me, I think the secondary needs a lot of help. Obviously, Rodney McLeod's been a good player for a long time, but also getting up there in age. Um, Anthony Harris and Steven Nelson, who I mentioned, were solid, but obviously both free agents now. And as incredible as Darius Slay is, if you know him and Devontae Maddox, if, there, if there's a bad number two outside corner, then it kind of ruins the whole the whole operation. So I'm looking at outside corners. That there's a there's not a lot of like premier guys. There's a bunch of guys. Um, I guess maybe like one. It kind of kind of depends what, what defense they want to run there, and we'll see if that changes. But um, I will look there, and then also too, I, I think you need to add interior defensive linemen. I, I think. Fletcher Cox is so valuable and matters so much. And obviously Brandon Graham also, I know he's come back from the injury, but he's not going to be there forever. Um, One name I would throw out if they wanted to make a big move uh, would be DJ Jones with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, He's just a stout, honestly, just a tree stump on the interior. He had the second most tackles for loss or no gain this year per us, uh, per PFF. Not going to get you a bunch of sacks out of pass rusher, but a really, really, really good interior defender that I think then you could let Josh Schwett and Brandon Graham tee off of because he commands attention. I mean, if you watch watch the game this week, like guys are paying attention to him and then Nick is getting one-on-ones and then good luck to you. So like he he's, he's an important piece of that defense.
0: Definitely, definitely an important piece of the defense. The, honestly, the entire defense line over there is absurd. <laughs> I guess that's what happens when you invest a lot of first round draft capital into the position, but yeah. Yeah. I believe it was like a point in time. They spent like four or five years in a row. In were, a row. It like was Solomon crazy. Thomas. Solomon <laughs> Eric Armstead. <Thomas, laughs> Eric Armstead. DeForest Buckner. Nick Bosa. It was, <clears throat> it was crazy, man. It was crazy. And the yeah, Eagles but, definitely
1: have, have shown that they're not afraid to spend on D linemen and, uh, in, in free agency. And, uh, and bet on upside as well. I mean, we just paid Javon Hargrave two years ago. And uh I mean a lot of people didn't expect him to be having the type of season that he had this year. I mean, he had a he had a phenomenal season this year. Uh so I mean that that's definitely helpful with, you know, Fletch aging as well. And I think that's something that's on all Eagles fans' minds, especially with uh with his name being floated uh in, in contract or er, sorry, not contract, in, in trade talks this uh this past season. You know, it's it's I think it's something that people are are aware of. Um but I don't think I don't think any Eagles fan could handle it if Jason Kelsey left. I think I think I think that would just be crushing to everybody. I, I couldn't see him in another uniform. I want Fletch to go and, and go somewhere if he wants, but I don't think I could handle I don't, I don't think I could handle if Jason Kelsey was in another uniform.
2: <laughs> I totally yeah. hear you there. I totally hear you there. Yeah, and I, and Hargrave's a good shout because Javon Hargrave had a total bounce back year and was very good, and that definitely opens things up. And, and look, the last spot. The Eagles have shown they do not want to spend money at off-ball linebacker. And I think in general, obviously it's caused some problems. But in general, I think it is smart to not put a ton of money into that spot. If you wanted to go out and even just add a guy like a Foyer a Luakun from Atlanta, who's probably not going to break the bank, but had 190 tackles this year, like just a guy that can play sideline to sideline and keep things in front of him. Um, I think like moves like that, I'm – I'm not looking for premier guys for them. I'm kind of just looking at spot starters and rotational guys. And, and I think that's what Philly
0: will probably do as well. So, I mean, it's funny that you actually brought up the linebacker position because that actually brings me to a two-part question. So another thing that most Eagles fans are probably wondering about, of course, before we we got on the pod, we had an opportunity to ask you about coaching position elsewhere. But what's exactly – the holdup, if any, with Jonathan Gannon. It seems like he's a hot commodity around a lot of places. It was Denver at the first point. It sounds like Denver comes away with Man, you Hackett. It. Um, it sounds like he was supposed to be the lead candidate with Houston. I'm not quite sure exactly what's still going on over there. So do you have any information for the people on that? And two, if the Eagles were to still main, were to be able to maintain Gannon heading into next season, Clearly, he, he has stated himself on numerous occasions, both before he got into Philadelphia and while he was in Philadelphia, about his, pre- his preferable emphasis on the linebacker position. Like, even when you date back to his, his time with Mike Zimmer in Minnesota, when they had Eric Kendricks, or his time in Indianapolis, Darius Leonard Vick it seems like the position was always something of value towards the teams that he's been involved in, something that he's learned from. So do you think that it would be, that would be a reason to get the Eagles to spend or use capital on a linebacker early? Despite how- That's a
2: great question. No, that's a great question. Yeah. So I would just first, again, I still do think he's probably the leader in the clubhouse in Houston. Um, it kind of went quiet there. And then of course, today there was a report that um, Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell interviewed there at some point this week. What's happened across the league and and, and is happening maybe there as well is that just these these agents you know these coaching agents are, are trying to you know get good contracts for their guys and then if things aren't you know finished off then what they do is they say hey Schefter go put out that we're interviewing this guy to maybe try to get it back to the table. So I still do think Gannon will be Houston's head coach. I think honestly if not Minnesota might even take a look at him. Um, you know, back, you know, maybe think about bringing him back to Minnesota. Um, but, yeah, if he's emphasized that, that, that is what you do. If your coaches want talent at a spot and believe they can utilize that talent and, and put them in positions to succeed and impact the football team, then, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, there's some phenomenal linebackers in this draft, too. I mean, if, you, if they're in love with, like, a N'Kobe Dean or they're in love with a Devin Lloyd and, um, and they want to go that route, I mean, just because it's not their preference, they should still explore it because, I mean, yeah, like a N'Kobe Dean at Georgia, um, I mean, changes the entire outlook of your defense. And, and the one thing, if you're, which I'm sure the Eagles agree with, you are going to spend it at that spot. You need speed. You need guys that can cover tight ends, that can cover running backs um, in the passing game. And I think both those guys, Lloyd's kind of more near, down near the line, but I think both those guys could definitely do that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Gannon's defense, frankly, wasn't, Extremely impressive this year. Uh, I do think talent matters a lot on defense, and they were missing talent at some spots. Um, if he thinks linebacker can change that, then yeah, I mean they, they should definitely um, take a look. There's no one that's going to break the bank in free agency, uh, but there's a bunch of options. I mean, if they wanted to, I mean, a Leighton Vander Esch in Dallas will get something. Um, there's definitely some names, and, and no one that they're going to have to spend a ton of money on. Totally makes
1: sense. I mean, so um, as, yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, continue. You continue.
0: Oh, uh, I was saying, as we know, the Eagles haven't hasn't spent in a top tier quality selection of the linebacker in what I like to call the Stone Ages. I mean, that's just not as as you said, Howie says, that's just not his MO. It's not really something he's interested in. And then of course, as you said earlier, when we was having the discussion about Linderbaum, I mean, if anything, Howie is very huge on positional value. But getting your defensive linemen, your offensive tackles, wide receivers, the people that you basically you don't have to pay top dollar for in free agency. He wants to try to eliminate those positions as quickly as possible during the draft. So that way, when you get to free agency, if you need to come away with a bargain deal. You aren't spending too much money elsewhere. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see exactly how it comes away. But go ahead, Park.
1: No, yeah. I mean, I was just kind of. I kinda gonna talk about the same thing, just the fact that, you know, organizational value has just not been placed upon linebacker. It'll be interesting just to see the uh not to see, but see the results of the conversation, <clears throat> excuse me, between Howie and uh and and Jonathan Gannon if he, if he stays around because, you know, he stated over and over again that, you know, he wants a linebacker and throughout the season it, it couldn't have been more clear that we needed a linebacker in the defense. You know, I mean, I love Alex Singleton. I think he's a great guy, but I mean he's just he's not up to the task all the time and, and TJ Edwards is really good, but I think he, he needs somebody he needs somebody with him. He needs somebody uh you know, running mate, uh, a true mic next to him maybe. Um, but <clears throat> I think uh I think uh, you know, it was uh interesting to see the uh defense and uh, you know, organizational philosophy just kind of change um over time. So let's see if uh if it'll continue into this uh next off season.
2: Yeah, like they clearly have shown they're willing to adapt. I mean, they obviously – they want to prioritize the passing game. But as you guys saw, they tried to be a pass-first football team for the first, you know, eight weeks of the season – it didn't work, and so they completely idea. flipped everything on its head and, and went a different direction. So, you know, as for the linebacker, maybe they do the same thing. I mean, also one more name, Alexander Johnson, who, who's a Denver Broncos free agent, would be a great Mike. I mean, he's just a um, – just that's who he is, just a rangy linebacker, and I don't think he would break the bank either. He's coming off an injury. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think they're – you know, that – they're married to one philosophy, and they'll never deviate from it. I just think in general, as you guys, you know, you've said already. Um, but, yeah, look, also, if a coach and an empowered coach, which Gannon will now be, you know, he's going to feel mm-hmm. pretty good about himself coming off this. Yeah, you can <clears> say, look, <throat> you got to get me somebody to work with because this, this group is just not cutting it, and, and maybe they listen.
0: So let's say in the uh, assumption that Gannon does come away as the head coach of the Houston Texans this offseason, is there anyone in mind that you think Philadelphia will replace him with? I've seen that Vic Fangio, who has been a hot name for Philadelphia fans, I'm not quite sure how likely that would be, but it's been brought up. But I see he had an interview with Jacksonville today. As we mentioned, and we spoke about that before the pod, and I'm pretty sure that that probably was more so for a defensive coordinator job than anything, but any other names that the good? people should look out for
2: yeah I think the the, the great thing for them if it does happen is there's a lot of available talented defensive coordinators so I think one tough thing is that Sirianni probably can't dip into that Indianapolis Colts pool because I think Matt Eberflus is now going to kind of poach a bunch of guys and bring them to Mm -hmm. Chicago uh, where he's now the head coach so so that well is probably dried out but I mean even Wink Martindale the the now former Ravens defensive coordinator um, is now looking for a job I actually think he worked for not the Eagles, but nevertheless, there's so many names out there. Um, you know, I think Lovey Smith and Houston could come available. Um, like, and yes, fans might hear these and be like, "You're just kind of saying names we all know." But if Nick Sirianni can't tap into, you know, kind of his connections, I think it would be smart to just maybe go with a veteran, kind of older guy that that is around, that is available, and there's a lot of those guys.
0: Definitely a lot of those guys. Um, do you think there's a chance that there could be a, a internal hire?
2: I would assume so. Yeah, I think they would look internally at that point. I mean, obviously Gans young, so you know who knows. I mean, I, you guys probably know more than I do about the coaching staff beneath him on defense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think they would look internally. But they've kind of shown a willingness to, you know, go out and like a, and get guys, go out and get a Jim Schwartz, like go out and make moves for for big name guys that can kind of. You have your head coach that does one side of the ball, and they're willing to make a big play, to go out and get someone who is the quote unquote head coach of the defense. So. I'm sure they would give guys their shot internally uh, but I would imagine they make some runs at some serious names.
1: Absolutely. I mean we'll see. I mean last time we did a lot of uh internal hiring it uh led to the staff quitting. So I mean <laughs> we'll uh we'll see how that how the uh how the front office is going to handle all of that but it's definitely going to be an interesting off season and especially with uh with your thoughts on on Gannon going to Houston. So uh it'll be a a lot
0: to talk about i must say though Mm -hmm. just to uh put something out there for the folks and maybe we will be able to hear something back from you brad along the lines after today to see if you can pick up anything on this but it's possible that denard wilson the eagles defensive backs coach could somehow get re-in-line for the promotion
2: there you go well yeah i mean I'll, uh, i'll see if i can find anything out but yeah i mean i think at this stage as soon as Gannon starts taking all these interviews, you, you have to at least start, you know, talking to your guys. And, 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 you know, they also, they probably deserve the opportunity to at least make their case that they deserve it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I think I, I can see a scenario where Sirianni makes a big push and says like, let me like, trust me to do this and trust me to bring a guy up. Um, you know, we're a new staff. We want to keep everyone's confidence high and, and keep everyone bought in. And and still, maybe if, you know, you're not trying to win a Super Bowl in 2022 anyway, you know, don't spend a bunch of money on some hot, you know, old, old defensive coordinator. Let some young guy maybe become the next Jonathan Gannon. I mean, why,
1: why not? Absolutely. I mean, people talk about, uh, you know, you need like all this experience at you know, coordinating and, and and that kind of stuff. But I mean, we Quell and I were talking about it earlier. Andy Reid. Had uh had had been an offensive coordinator. He'd been an offensive know. coordinator for no. He had been tight ends. He hadn't been an coach, offensive
0: right? co- or coordinator or a play caller. Just a quarterback yeah. and the tight ends coach.
1: So I mean, you you, you never know. There's a lot of talent out there. But
0: uh, Quod, do you have anything else? Um, actually, yeah. One more thing before we actually let you go, Brad. So you actually explained a little what you do with PFF at the beginning. So I know at least people like me. Here, we know exactly what PFF is all about, exactly what the database analysis and how you try to basically apply analytics to a lot of what's going on in terms of your grades and projections and stuff of that nature. A lot of people could probably see, I mean, how that applies on, for the on the field aspect, but for your aspect of the job when it comes to salary cap, how much of this analytics would you say applies to your job? And would you say is more similar along the lines to like a money ball kind of thing? Yeah, no,
2: 100%. That, that is what I'm I'm trying to do um, is apply, you know, money ball ideology to football. And, and I think the NFL is still kind of behind the other leagues um, in, in that regard. Um, and, yeah, so it's, it's trying to identify, like we just talked I mean, about positional value and things like that. I mean, even, you know, Lane Johnson, for example, like, the gap between right tackles and left tackles in compensation used to be by like millions upon millions of dollars. And and the Eagles kind of were like, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. I mean, right tackles are, are doing a lot and, and are good players too. So like there's always stuff to explore. We still think defensive backs are not paid enough, and, and there's like there's always things going on. Um yeah, that, that's that's essentially what I'm what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Okay, man.
0: Okay, I get you, I get you. All right, well. We really appreciate your time, man. Definitely appreciate your time. Enjoyed having you on. You gave us some really, really good analysis about the Eagles. Hopefully, we can get you back sometime in the future.
2: Yes, that sounds good. Thanks for having me. We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll get something else on the books. Maybe this off season.
0: Absolutely, Definitely, yeah, man. Thank you
1: so much for your time again. I mean, had a really good time. Learned a lot, and uh, and and hopefully, you know, the, uh, the 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 listeners learned as much as we did. Uh, and we really had a had a great time and really appreciate your time. But, uh, as always, this has been the, P's uh, and Q's shows. Uh, thank you for listening. Be sure to like, listen, subscribe, comment, share it, you know, subscribe from your mom's phone, from your brother's phone, your sister's phone, just get us everything, you know, but, uh, we appreciate you Bye, listening. Boss. We appreciate your time. Yep. Five stars. None of the one star nonsense, five stars. It's a five star program, <laughs> but, uh, but but really, thank you all so much for your time, uh, and thank you, Brad, for your time. And uh, we will uh, see you next week. Go birds. Go birds. Go birds.
2: I w- I wanted to throw a go birds in there.